Welcome everybody, my name is Alexander Greb and I am the Precess Lead S4HANA MEE for Strategy and Logistics and you are listening to the fourth episode of the SAP Experts podcast. In fact, this episode is the first release after the initial launch. So if you remember, we went live with three episodes at once and I did that because I wanted to give you a little bit more material since I hoped you liked what we had for you. And numbers and feedback about this podcast are absolutely fantastic. So thank you very much for that. To be honest, I still have not managed to get my mind around that. So thank you very much for that. Be sure, I'm still on a steep learning curve because we may be experts, but still very new about podcasting. So stay tuned with us. Like us, share us and subscribe us. We are available on all big players like Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, OpenSAP. And since this week, also on Google Podcasts. So no discrimination for Android users. And we got a lot of coming for you. This week alone, I was recording three sessions with different guests from my backlog. So this is nothing temporary. My goal is to build up and offer you with this podcast a playlist or an audio encyclopedia, um, whatever you may call it, where you find all the relevant topics that matter for you. Innovation is inevitable. That's the name of today's episode. And this one I was really looking forward because I'm happy to have here somebody who has become something like a rock star in the SAP world. Mr. Glenn Gonzalez, CTO SAP Germany. Whenever you have the possibility to see him talk, you will find out that he has a rare superpower. He draws people to him and they listen to him because they are mesmerized by his brilliance and pure energy. And Glenn is fun and I'm sure You will be as entertained as I was during the recording of this session where you can see discussing technology and society can be fun. So millennials, my generation X and everybody else will get his treat. So let's not waste any more time and jump right into the session we compiled for you in the SAP Experts Podcast. Today we are going to talk about innovation is inevitable and today's guest is a perfect person to talk about this topic. In fact, he was the first one I approached when I had the idea of this podcast which illustrates how important his participation is for me, this topic and this podcast definitely. He started off as an entrepreneur of his own consulting company in the mid-90s, worked for like 15 years in IT consulting, software development, e-commerce and digitalization projects before he decided to join the mothership called SAP. First as a solution advisor for Internet of Things, now as chief technical officer of SAP Germany, as who he and his team is a central point of contact and trusted advisor for topics like dig digital transformation for our customers. When you have watched one of his inspiring keynotes like those at SAP Now in Berlin, you know. Many claim to be innovation leads, he is it. Before we start, um, he has a very nice statement on his LinkedIn site, which I want to quote. Everybody is talking about digital transformation. Is this really relevant? It seems something called the Internet has changed everything. New technologies are enabling things we have not seen before. Very thrilling times we live in. Let's catch this momentum and take off. And that's what we want to do now with this podcast and give a very warm welcome to Mr. Glenn Gonzalez. So, hi. Hi, Glenn. Thank Great you. to have you here. Thank you for having me. Very exciting. Uh, really will enjoy this, I think. Oh, I, I hope so too. And you, you, you cannot guess how much I will enjoy this. Because my first question already, um, everybody who knows you will probably know what I mean with this question. How is Emma? 
Oh, this is great, yeah, because uh, before I explain who is Emma, you're really not the only one. I have people I've, I've explained Emma maybe two years ago, mm -hmm. and today they still come up to me and say, hey, Glenn, uh, how's Emma doing? She she's, has become a star of herself in a certain so, way. Somehow, yes, because um, um, uh, Emma is, a, um, is somebody I use when I do presentations or keynotes to explain... Um, if something like digital transformation is really taking place. And um, when, I, when I started talking to, to customers in interactions, I, I found out that it's really, well, really necessary to explain that we have to talk about this and you always have to explain why you have to talk about it. And I, um, and I wanted to use something that's real. And, uh, and now it's maybe three years ago. Um, Three years ago, I had a, a customer meeting with a German huge bank mm -hmm. and a colleague of mine who was not called Emma, had a different name, mm -hmm. she explained actually to this huge bank how hot her daily uh, work is mm -hmm. um, and how much uh, her smartphone is within this day and how much it influences the way she thinks she works. And this inspired me to, to, to change the way I do my keynotes. And a lot of my keynotes I open up with, do you know Emma? And I use a picture of a person mm -hmm. that's in the N20s and has a smartphone in the hand. And I just explain a day of her, mm -hmm. how she's using the smartphone. And at the end of this part of the keynote, everybody knows um, that they see it every day, that people are not looking at each other anymore. They're all yeah. looking at the smartphone yeah. and how much this is influencing the way people are behaving and how they act. And parties, parties must be a lot of fun of millennials today with everybody looking in a smartphone. Yeah, but, yeah, well, really, go to a concert today yeah. and everybody's concentrating on, on filming the artist. Mm -hmm. Nobody is dancing or yeah. looking at the artist and yeah. it's really annoying. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's no fun anymore. You can't even see the artist because everybody in front of you has a hand reached up with the smartphone in the hand. I'm a little bit surprised because uh, I thought you were supposed to uh, promote these new kind of technologies. <laughs> well, promote is actually maybe the wrong word. It's... Um, mm -hmm. I, um, my mission is really to explain how relevant it is that you have to um, you have to spend time about thinking what what this makes to yourself mm -hmm. and to your business in mm -hmm. a customer context. And a lot of people haven't woken up yet, mm -hmm. and I really say woken up because things have changed so drastic and the uh, the speed of change is so so fast. Um, I'm not talking about disruption at all. Not mm -hmm. really. I'm really talking about: Do you really understand what's going to happen like tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And are you are you ready for this? And um, I do not like all of it. What's happening? Not mm -hmm. at all. That's really important to understand. I'm not a fan that everybody's just looking in the smartphone instead of to the girlfriend. No, I'm not fan at all. Mm -hmm. But I have to show this to people to say that it's relevant and it's really happening. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe for myself, the interesting thing is that I realized that um, since I'm now in my early 40s, um, I start to talk like um, like 20 years ago, the old generation has talked about us. Yeah, ah, those young people, are they they're listening to weird music and so on. And um, but But the issue is that these new technologies and so on have become very dominant. They, they influence us. We ourselves have become in a certain way millennials by our behavior. Uh, because also in our ages and older, we are using social media and so on. We are profiting from the possibility of this new technology in our private life, like in who comfort us because um, supply chains are much faster and so on. And in itself, has Emma changed in the last three years? 
Oh well, yes, drastically. That's really interesting. And and I think what's the difference to 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 maybe earlier days when our parents thought about what about the young people is that um, today the way the young people behave has a lot more relevance for the business you're in. And mm -hmm. no matter if you're selling a gadget or you're you're producing huge machines, absolutely, um, the expectation of a user or even an employee has changed totally and it has a huge impact on how you can run a company or do business. Yeah. And the changes we had maybe 40 years ago of, I mean, TV came up yeah. <laughs> or 50, 60 years ago, yeah. it, it, it changed the, the society, but it didn't change the, the, play, the work take place. Mm -hmm. So uh, even Emma, I mean, I, I told you it's about three years ago, two years I used it. Emma is actually um, in everybody. And that's really important to understand. It's not a millennial thing. Mm -hmm. It's everybody. And it doesn't really matter how old you are. I mean, I, my, my um, a, a, a lady about the 76 I met, mm -hmm. yeah, she was given an iPad. Mm -hmm. And the son of her thought, oh, well, now I now have to spend the whole weekend explaining this to her. Mm -hmm. But she opened it. And the mm -hmm. first thing she did is she said, hey, Siri. Yeah. So And, uh, and things. Mm -hmm. Changed. Yeah. I just uh, this is a gimmick because my Siri just went on on, on the on the de <laughs> on the desk here. So um, Emma is not a matter of age. It's a matter of expectation. Mm -hmm. What you what you want to do if you use a, a gadget like an iPad yeah. or an, a tablet or a smartphone. So if I have my keynotes have have uh, gone further now. Mm -hmm. I talk now about Helena, who is the small sister of um, of Emma. Okay. And and that's cool because it's also a real story. Mm -hmm. um, it is the sister of one of my employees. Mm -hmm. And all I do is I show her home screen of her smartphone, which mm -hmm. is the first screen you have if you if you open the yep. smartphone. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you look at the, this home screen, the first thing you see is there is no telephone mm -hmm. icon on it anymore. So yep. there's no telephone app. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a, it's a smartphone, mm -hmm. but there's no telephone app anymore. Mm -hmm. And you don't see the camera app anymore. She doesn't need a camera app. Mm -hmm. And the, the four most important apps at the bottom line, at the, at the fast um, uh, uh, intro, is actually is, is WhatsApp. Because mm -hmm. they communicate not only about WhatsApp, mm -hmm. even if they make sort, sort speech messages, it's all mm -hmm. about WhatsApp. There's no phone calls anymore. Okay. Um, she has Snapchat uh -huh. uh, and she has Instagram uh -huh. and um, Musical.ly. That's it. I mean, I, I named now these apps, but uh -huh. that's more important. Why? Uh -huh. And this is really cool because it really makes sense. Um, if you do a, f a phone call, you have, to, you have to make a phone call all the time. You can't do things while you're c making a phone call because mm -hmm. you have the hands not free. Absolutely. Using WhatsApp is a very fast interaction, very effective. And you can do things while you are actually doing the interactions. And you can do it with many people at once. And you can decide when you answer. Correct. But mm -hmm. actually, the expectation of the other side is always like two seconds. So Absolutely. this changes a bit, little bit the dramatic. Mm -hmm. But the most important part is she has no camera anymore. Now, think about when you go on holiday and you, you use your camera. You take hundreds of photos mm -hmm. and you are really looking forward to this one evening where all your friends come in for three hours and look at all your photos mm -hmm. and are really uh, enthusiastic about your holiday. Mm -hmm. No. Nobody has these three hours. So yeah. what does Helena, she, she, she posts every photo on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she takes a photo, but she does straight away, she starts an interactions with her friends and people who are following her. So she gets straight away a happy moment about what she had for a moment. And this is something nobody of us who normally take photos and then await this evening will ever have this smart interaction. So she doesn't take photos anymore to, to keep them for mm -hmm. a long time. She yeah. takes them to have a happy moment. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing is that exactly these people now hit on companies like run by folks who are like 20, 30 years older 
and have at the moment really absolutely no clue what this means for them and for their business. Correct. While at the same moment, they also have their Emma in themselves because that's, that's what I quite often see. And I had a discussion recently with a CEO when, when we aligned on the baseline that our, like, like we are schizophrenic. We have like two persons within us, um, the private one and the professional one. The private one is, is there we want to try new technologies. And of course, everybody has in a certain way a Siri or a Google um, or an Alexa, whatever. But that meets to, or that hits on the professional person who is completely more conservative. Yeah. But the problem is that um, the private person is giving the direction of how the professional person has to work. And with that, we have something like a um, interesting situation where the professional person at the moment. Um, that's what, what I see on a daily basis, really does not have a, an idea yeah, how they should basically behave. Everybody wants to have like digitalization, we have to do this and so on. But um, do you think that there's a clear strategy on how to cope with that? No, there's no strategy. I haven't met any company yet who has really, uh, or let's say, the winning strategy. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen actually um, directions which, which kind of look like they, they may have a, a positive impact. But I haven't seen the the strategy, and I don't think there even is one strategy because it's so Individual. complex. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something that's different to maybe let's say even at ten years ago. And um, I, I just met um, um, the, uh, a leader last week who who told me, uh, Mr. Gonzalez, uh, it's really a problem if you want to employ people today because these millennials. That's mm -hmm. what she said. Is they all talk about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. They don't talk about, I want to work from, from eight till five. Mm -hmm. they, they, the most important part is work-life work balance. And mm -hmm. she said, I do not really know how to, how to handle this because mm -hmm. in my life, I need these people in the office and, and they don't want to sit in the office for eight hours anymore. But don't get me wrong, they, it's not that they don't want to work. They even want to work more than maybe I do, but they want to do this differently. Yeah. So, and um, this is what's really different. The people that today come into the workplace, they have this private part where they know actually you can use gadgets all the time, you're interactive, you can work anywhere, anytime, and no matter what you do. And then you come into a working place where someone forces you to sit at a desk for hours and hours, which is from a psych psychological and biological way, not really the, the way to get really creative or even powerful. And, and that's what doesn't work. So these, and, and the problem is there are other companies that offer this. Mm -hmm. So you have a total different workforce coming into business and, and you can't even offer them a workplace they want to have. So every company I talk to say they are looking for talents. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're not even, they're looking for employees. Yeah. They don't even find employees that mm -hmm. want to work for them anymore. Yeah. Basically, because they don't have a working environment mm -hmm. people want to have today. Mm -hmm. And you will not change this as company. Yeah. You have to adjust to this. You know, there lately a CIO said to me, um, he's working at a like mid-sized company, and he said, I was quite curious because we have a problem with our um, like our students who work for us in students' jobs. We do never see them again after that. And we really wanted to find out why they did not apply after they like finished the university for a job at us. Um, so he said, um, I just called them. Yeah, we got the data still from them, so, so I just called them. I wanted really to know. And the feedback I got was... Um, 
ah, the way you work yeah, with, with your old systems and your old user interfaces and so on, uh, this is so, so 90s, um, this is not the way really I see my future. And that's what he said was his really big first trigger when he realized that it's not even only, only from the customer side that we really have to adapt, that we really have to innovate, but it's also like if we do not want to dry out from ourselves because we do not, we are not able to like uh, find people who want to work with us. Um, we have also like a problem from the other side. Yeah, the interesting is that things are changing a little bit. Coming back to Emma, mm -hmm. um, when I first started using Emma in my keynotes, I was really fighting in upfront every meeting if I really should do this. Because yeah. the customers we at SAP talk to are basically not used to somebody coming up and talking about millennials, that they are really relevant for your business. Mm. And there was only one case within all the years I'm doing this now, two years, one only case where someone interrupted me after about one minute and said, Mr. Gonzalez, stop this rubbish. Don't you also start talking about digital natives and millennials that they're important? That's not relevant for me because I have a production line. I produce mm -hmm. so many and so on and so on. And I was, uh, I mean, it was a little not very polite of him, but I then stopped and I said, okay, if this is not of interest for you, I really believe in that it is of interest. If you would wait a few minutes, I would explain why, but okay, mm -hmm. we can go straight away into an action. And three minutes later, he explained to us that he's a massive problem finding people that want to work for him. Yeah. And this was really yeah. funny because mm -hmm. then he, he himself found out within this mm -hmm. conversation, oh, maybe I should have listened these three minutes. Yeah. And we were back again in the discussion. Mm -hmm. And and from then on, I, I'm never actually, I never fight myself anymore mm -hmm. if I should really start in this kind of way. Yeah. Because things are even getting more drastic. You you asked a little bit earlier if Emma is changing, and I mm -hmm. explained Helena. Um, now I'm talking about Carlos. Uh, Carlos is a, a generation alpha, mm -hmm. which uh, are kids born uh, to 15. Mm-hmm. So, and, and Carlos is my son, he's four years old. Mm -hmm. and, and Carlos is used to talk to everything. Mm -hmm. And he only knows gadgets. He talks to the house, he talks to the smartphone, he talks to a tablet. Mm -hmm. For him, it's totally normal yeah. that things react when he talks to them. Yeah. This is the generation, uh, now certain companies have to adjust their marketing. Yeah. And we're talking about four-year-olds. Mm -hmm. But this is the generation that will change a lot more than the Helenas and Emmas we're talking mm -hmm. about. And you have to understand this is relevant. Yeah really relevant the, the the same from 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 my private perspective where i have uh, with with my kids exactly the same um experience they use it because they do not know anything else than that it's completely natural for them and they yeah. don't ask why it's so yeah. they just use it as we use a light switch yeah and and this is a funny thing because on the one hand um we are like experiencing those facts on the other hand um you know, there are these uh, still these topics from professional side. Ah, is cloud really relevant and so on? Is this something really what we um, should take on? And uh, why in, in the private life, um, we do not care if an app on our handy, on our mobile phone is something like we download it or it's just a link to a cloud application mm -hmm. and so on. Because um, yeah, it's absolutely emotional when we talk about these topics or where we try when we try to cope with these changes yeah because there's fear in it there's uncertainty in it and so on and um Cl cloud is really a, a very interesting topic yeah because um 
purely from a um, I know it better perspective, cloud is just a way of deploying a software. It's yeah. a way of consuming software. Yeah. But the word cloud has a very negative context for many people, mm -hmm. which is very strange because the negative context came from applications running in the cloud mm -hmm. that had bugs and were actually a security, had a security problem. Mm -hmm. So, um, but because the app working on a technical environment of cloud had a security problem, the cloud itself is a bad thing. This mm -hmm. is what many people think. Mm -hmm. So when, when I started actually explaining cloud to people, I always had to actually, first of all, make them clear, cloud is not a bad thing at all. It's just that some applications, and even, let's be honest, Google is an application. Mm -hmm. Facebook is an application. Instagram is an application, but it's not cloud. If, if one of these apps has a problem, or may have a problem, mm -hmm. it's the app. It's not cloud that yeah. is per se a bad thing. Mm -hmm. So th that's really a, a strange thing, because when you want to talk to companies that they have to adopt the cloud thought or, or the mindset of going into the cloud for certain topics, um, you really have to start really, really at the front of all. Mm -hmm. And you think everybody thinks the same if you say cloud, but it's not the same. Yeah. Um, it, it, nearly every second person has a different meaning on cloud, because it has a lot of context or um, sometimes positive, sometimes negative. So cloud is really important because it changes the way you can consume software. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that everything has to go in the cloud, but many things have to go into the cloud because that's where things are happening. And this is what enables you to be a lot more prepared for the speed of change. And this is actually the most important part. I have, I have CIOs that talk to me and say, hey, Mr. Gonzalez, why should I change my core ERP? as we talked up front about yeah. solutions. Why should I do this? There's no need. I don't have a business case. And I just, I just then say, are you prepared for fast change? Do you really get fast the numbers you need to decide? Is this really the way you need to get your numbers? And all of them say no. And I say, okay, do you want to be prepared if things start changing fast? And to be honest, this is not the future we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It's today. Things yeah. are changing mm -hmm. today. Are you able to see these things happening the next day? None of them is. But nobody wants to invest into the preparation or into the execution of being prepared to say it this way. They all need this, this traditional return of invest and they need business a business case. case. Exactly. Okay, I understand this. This is how you control a company. Mm -hmm. But things are changing so fast that you cannot calculate them as you always did. There has to be a little bit more of thinking to the future and being brave in decisions. Let, let me jump on that, um, especially on the word business case, um, because we know how business cases are calculated. Yeah? Yeah. A business case, in a certain way, is like you were, are going to from point A to point B. You want to know the difference, what is the benefit of going from point A to B, what is like the delta. And uh, on base of that, you want to decide if doing something is a good idea or not. Which means in a certain sense that you're talking in a business case, in most of the cases, when you want to have like something expressed in percentages, because there you're like 20% faster and or like have KPI improved, you're talking still about an iteration of more or less the same thing in Correct. a different way. While digitalization and innovation has become more of a game like exactly not doing that, but doing not things better, but doing things differently. And by that, you would always compare like apple to peaches, for example. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, do you see, let's say, a mindset change within the last years concerning that? Or like um, the that people try to embrace this situation now from from a certain different perspective, like uh, not really seeing value models just on the quantifiable side, yeah, but also like from a more strategic side. This is maybe one of the most important parts when we talk about do people really start doing things. Mm -hmm. And I see that things are changing very slow, but in the most, and it's only my view to, to just make this really clear, mm -hmm. is that you really have a, a standard situation. You have... Um, people coming into companies that have understood this mm -hmm. and have this mindset, they are normally not the leaders. Mm -hmm. And if they come up to their CIOs or CEOs and they tell them, we have to do this and that, but I can't calculate a business case, mm -hmm. they are normally that's the end of the idea. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see a lot, but there mm -hmm. are coming more and more people. It's like picking or, you know, like, like picking, like hens picking at something. Yeah. Um, the only companies that really go in are if the, the leadership believes in this and starts really investing in this. Mm -hmm. And yes, things are changing, but they are changing too slow. Because mm -hmm. the, the, this new speed of innovation we are seeing and a lot of topics caused by the internet, for example, yep. or digital mm -hmm. technologies, is going so fast. And, and a lot of things are dependent on the behavior and the expectations of the user. This mm -hmm. could be just basically an employee on his working screen. I'm mm -hmm. not talking about the next gadget that can yep. fly through the room. It could be something very, very basic. The totally different expectations. So mm -hmm. um, these expectations that change the mindset causes pressure on companies, but they don't feel it at the moment. So mm -hmm. if you come up with a great idea, you cannot calculate it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to use, but you have to. Like Steve Jobs always has mentioned this, but I don't think he ever had a business case about a smartphone. Mm -hmm. He just believed in that this is what people want. Mm -hmm. And he really believed in that if this idea takes off, it's, it's unstoppable. Today, if somebody comes up with, I believe in this, You cannot calculate it in a business case. Yeah. So in a normal company context, and that's unfortunately how most companies still are working, there is no go forward. Or what we see is we call it a little bit the MacGyver mode. Mm -hmm. I do something. Yeah. I do something. I stick it together. I try a little bit. But you don't see it on the investment behavior that they really believe in that these digital topics are the future of the company mm -hmm. or they would behave differently. One one interesting aspect on this, um, when you say like they do not change anything, we know they, history is full of examples where there had been a change, but too late. Yeah. Yeah. Because people said, ah, this is no big deal. This does not really affect myself. And we know these famous examples, like for example, um, Blockbuster versus Netflix. Yeah. The moment Netflix um, came on board, Blockbuster, billion dollar business went out of business within a few years. The other thing is, though, that uh, those are the spectacular cases. Yeah. Like, for example, yeah, Kodak and the uh, digital photography and stuff like that. But the more dangerous cases in that case are, in my opinion, those who like start slower you do not really realize that they are there at all. Yeah, why? Because you concentrate on other things. Um, as, as well as you as a consumer, as, as a company, I see it for myself, for example, concerning cars. I'm maybe a little bit conservative in that. I've always liked those big engines and stuff like this. And electric cars really was not something for me. 
for all the time. Tesla is there. It's nothing new there. Tesla is there now for like 15 years, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it was like a curiosity. It was funny. It was interesting and so on. But nothing really interesting for me. Within the last one and a half years, those things in the perception of like consumers like me have completely changed concerning that new technology. And you feel in this OEM business now this hectical panic of the traditional companies there to really cope up with that. Is there a certain behavior that could, let's say, save us a little bit from being surprised by things which are there all the time? This is really curious because, uh, as you mentioned, uh, changes have happened earlier uh, and everybody saw it, yeah. but nobody really really saw the relevance or the yeah. impact it would mm -hmm. have. And then, uh, then if, when it had happened, everybody said, hey, it was clear. Mm -hmm. It's like if you, if, you, if you have something, you invented something, some, you always say, like, hey, why didn't anybody think about this up yeah. front? It's so easy. Absolutely. So... Um, so, uh, and there are even a lot of uh, books about uh, actually how you can uh, get around a disruption scenario, mm -hmm. how you can be prepared, etc. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of things and a lot of scientists, uh, a lot of material is there to actually give you at least directions how you could, how you should set up yourself to 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 at least get along, mm -hmm. or be prepared, or mm -hmm. disrupt yourself something. Mm -hmm. uh, but still, you see a lot of companies that really are struggling finding their way. That's why they're all traveling to Israel and Palo Alto and making these one-week trips, having a look at all these companies mm -hmm. and trying to understand what's so different. It's like a tourism thing at the mm -hmm. moment. There are hundreds of deciders traveling. But the problem is if they come back, they don't know how to put it in execution because uh, that, that's the next thing. It's about change. Mm -hmm. And you have to change a lot within a company. And, it, and you have to change nearly everybody in the company. Mm -hmm. So if I talk to the deciders of companies, that's those that have decided to go forward, they, they, force, they get the next level of problem is that the, the people beyond them that mm -hmm. have to execute all mm -hmm. of this are the wrong people. Because mm -hmm. they, they will never change, and, or you will have some people that are okay, but a lot of them cannot really, can't go with you. Mm -hmm. So then you, you are actually in a lot of barriers and you have to fight a lot of these to make this change happening in the company. So that's why a lot of companies start up new companies that are aside of the main company. Mm -hmm. But then they are too far away from the main company. There are a lot of scenarios we see. But in the end, I think there's nobody who's really found the, the golden egg. They're all on the way actually going in, in uh, or finding what they should do. And, and you're, it's true. A lot of these things happening are very... I won't say slow, but mm -hmm. they are under the um, under, under the radar. The, under the radar. In the beginning. And uh, things like like an Uber and Airbnb, everybody talks about, or a Kodak, or Netflix. Everybody knows these seas. This is history. Um, but there are a lot of things happening, like changing of logistics, uh, mm -hmm. where more platforms come up, or um, you talk about uh, smart cities mm -hmm. scenarios, or even autonomous cars, or e-mobility. Mm -hmm. uh, e um, just look at the big cities now. How many from these scooters are appearing? Mm -hmm. I've just been in Heidelberg yesterday, all over the place, the Lime scooters are there and, and of other companies. And, and now you see these scooters, these Zorua, happening in every big city. Mm -hmm. And this is a matter of digitization because mm -hmm. they have enabled the company to know where all these scooters are and they can manage this. So things are changing. And from a certain point, everybody says, wow. How could this happen? Mm -hmm. Why is everybody scooting around and why are not driving car anymore? Mm -hmm. And we will see this happening also with other technologies. The, the problem like Germany has is that um, our system 
like our political system and our regularity system is not prepared to, to cope with these fast changing things. And other economies are prepared for this just due to that they have other ways of deciding things. Mm -hmm. So the real dangers are coming from out of, out of, uh, out of Germany. And I don't even say it's America. Because mm -hmm. even there you can't do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the, the city people all tell me, look at China. Mm -hmm. yeah? So this is really a scenario. And, and talking about under the radar, they don't make a big buzz of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They make it. Yeah. And then there's a product you can buy. Mm -hmm. And who could prevent me of buying it? Mm -hmm. So uh, I just saw yesterday a train that doesn't need a rail track anymore. It, it rides on the street. Mm -hmm. And just think about this. You don't have to bow rail uh, build rail tracks anymore. You mm -hmm. can just prepare one of the, of the lanes of a street of a motorway. Mm -hmm. And then you have the train running on it. Mm -hmm. What it has for an infrastructural influence. So if you can buy these things, uh, why shouldn't somebody in Germany buy it? And, and, and use it, um, but then the legality comes in. That, that's the thing. Um, I think you, you told the story um, like a year ago about this executive from, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was FedEx or UPS or some sort of logistics, big logistics company, who was saying that um, he was at a big conference and at a big conference, I think it was Amazon was presenting their same-day delivery product yeah. and he said i cannot really understand how that should work i'm a logistics guy i, I know this is incredibly difficult i ca cannot really get my head around this so what he did was he said okay um, i'm traveling home today so now i'm ordering something same day delivery and let's see what happens and when he was arriving at home later that evening and he approached his like driveway and he got out of the car behind him another car stopped and uh, it was a, like no fedex or ups car it was just a simple plain civil car and somebody exited the car had the had the package in his hand and said sir um the package you've ordered was there and he held the package in his hand almost in disbelief and knew at that moment um he has a problem It's a big problem. Because this expectation, what he just, this experience will change his expectation as a consumer forever. Because when you experience it once, you want to experience it again. Maybe not every time, but your, your baseline expectation has completely shifted from now on forever. And this is something, I think, which... Um, Because we talked a lot about a lot about, of course, the confusion and uncertainty, and that the need for innovation is there. But what could be the receipt to cope with that? Um, there have been, of course, been lots of ideas and so on, and a little bit always running around it's like Gardner's model, yeah, where you have like core and edge and so on running, um, which is in some ways maybe fitting, in some ways maybe not fitting sometimes. Um, you have that wise pivot, which I think is really interested concept. Um, but in the end, it's always like that you need in a certain way two modes, where in the one mode you have your baseline, you have your core business and so on, then you're running, and you have this second mode where you can be creative, you can like try out, you can like innovate, you can fail. Because I think this is something what we always forget. You you are supposed to fail in certain ways to be able to learn of that and build that circle where the edge feeds the core and this working together is bringing your enterprise value release forwards and not just like I have to think of a strategy. Oh my God, I do not have a strategy. Uh, 
but you have to become an innovation mode yourself. Correct. It is actually, but this is talking about modes. It's 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 always a big topic in in innovation yeah. things. There's, a, there's this bimodal model from Gartner, etc., mm -hmm. which actually is now not not really working anymore. But that's due to some yeah. facts that they really drastically said there has to be one one company part that does the exactly yes. one fast company part and one slow so company. Who wants to be the slow be part? Correct. Absolutely. And, and, and yeah. then they have to be separated. Mm -hmm. yeah. So and this is this is the part that caused the problem. Yeah. They have to be separated. Because yeah. if you separate them, you, you do two things. Mm -hmm. First of all, you, you you cause to have two technical environments mm -hmm. that that in many, many cases don't fit together. Because mm -hmm. you the, a lot of people think you can't really Add like these two mode versions of architecture so that they could work together, mm -hmm. which is wrong. You can do that, mm -hmm. and it's essential because mm -hmm. if you have a pilot project running and it's successful, yeah, you want to just you just like I always say when we do project, if it's on, it's on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or there's no diff. It's if it's on, it's on. Um, if you have two guys in a garage that have a great idea, they never start thinking about doing a POC, a part of a you know, proof of concept. Mm -hmm. Nobody ever in an in, in entrepreneur mode would ever do a proof of concept. Mm -hmm. No, you have an idea and you believe in it. Yeah. And as soon as this thing goes live and the first user is on it, it's on, it's yeah. on, it's on. Yeah. So there is no separation of systems. It can only work on one system. Mm -hmm. But the second thing that happened is that you you caused to have two kind of mindsets in a company. Those that do the old stuff, which always is in the context of, ooh, this is like more boring. Mm -hmm. And those guys that can do the, the fancy stuff, I always call them the crazy horses guy. Mm -hmm. And and then you cause something you don't want to have in a company that they don't like each other. Mm -hmm. And this is really funny. As soon as I tell the story in, 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 in a customer meeting, there's always someone in the room who has a smile. Yeah. Always. Because yeah. they all have caused this problem. Mm -hmm. And that's not how it works. You yeah. you you read you really need two works kind of working. The one is actually having your course, your core business, let's call it the business, mm -hmm. having the core business running, but you have to really think differently and act differently of seeing what's happening around me in the yeah. world mm -hmm. and being able to interact. But it's important that these two kind of mindsets work closely together or it will not work. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really important. And, and on top of that, you have to look a lot more about what's happening mm -hmm. in the world and really have to spend a lot more time on understanding why people want this. Coming mm -hmm. back to same-day delivery, I had a, a huge congress a few months ago from logistics people, but they were internal logistics, mm -hmm. like in, internal company logistics yep. mm -hmm. people. And I told them this story and I said, hey, same day delivery. And I asked them, how many of you were approached today if you can do within your supply chain process mm -hmm. a same day delivery? And everyone said, yes, they were asked. Because mm -hmm. in the private life, they have experienced or heard at least about a same day delivery or well, at the moment, Amazon is thinking about a hourly delivery mm -hmm. or in two hours. And they were all approached. And then I asked them, how many of you are able to get this running? And none of them was. Yeah. So what happens if the expectation of the customer of you is that you can do same day delivery? It happens that very fast this expectation comes within the company and your CEO says, mm -hmm. hey, listen, logistic experts, I need a same day delivery mm -hmm. idea. And then... It's like the smartphone outside of the company. You use it everywhere, but within the company, you don't even you're not even allowed to use a smartphone. This doesn't work anymore. And and this is and this is really coming together now um, beautifully, um, or shows the absurdity of that mindset. Um, like for example, I want to implement for example a new system. Like how many percentages I'm better in that? Yeah. Yeah. 
because it's not about that. It's no. about survival in the 21st century, in the worst case, in the best case, like becoming a disruptor yourself. Um, and in that case, you should not really bother too much about those percentages, but you should bother about capabilities. How am I able to exactly do that, what you said now? How am I able to become flexible, to become one of the disruptor, or at least... or be able to react flexible against those disruptions we which may now come like every two to three years for example and um, that mindset i think is the deciding factor in that um, to be able to um, look into everything what i do do i for example have full that's what we call with that insight to action yeah. possibility because that's what in the end matters in that case. It's not just about realizing something. Because then let's say I'll talk about the Kodak example um, again. Uh, I think Kodak uh, did absolutely see that digital photography was a big thing. They even invented it themselves. Yeah, that's the that's irony in all of that. But for some reason, they, they were not able to steer that big ship into that correct direction because they had not this insight to action capability. Mm -hmm. And if there's um, something where when there is no patent received and no clear strategy, which is like cookie cutter for everybody, at least you should say you, you, you should keep your flexibility and the way forward by going into these kinds of capabilities, putting your strategy in that direction so you're able to be good at this game and then um, work on your culture. This is, this is really, that's really, I, I always say, um, uh, we, can, we can talk about the technology mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah. yeah. We will get it fixed somehow, mm -hmm. but we have to first think about what do we want to achieve yeah. and what do, what do we have to change to get this running. And these are really the biggest barriers. And this sounds strange. I just uh, two days ago I had a panel discussion, mm -hmm. and one of those, um, one of our big customers looking for new employees, mm -hmm. and there were quite a few people on the stage. And we were talking about what has to be done to get into this mind change phase and be able to to understand this. And um, it's really interesting that what kind of viewpoints you still get on this. Mm -hmm. How you have to be able to do change and. Uh, and everybody seems to know that it's uh, that it has to be, but the executional part is really missing in a lot of places because due to the fact that they need to really invest in how you are able to do these things and mm -hmm. get really rid of the the old stuff. And mind change is really important. Come back to, for example, cloud, mm -hmm. etc. You really have to let go of certain things you've like you've always done them. Mm -hmm. Like you have to be able to do anything within a system if someone asks for it. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to. Your core ideas have to be in the middle of everything, yeah. not uh, that you are able to do anything. And it's really setting up all of your teams totally differently. Absolutely. And you should do not fall into that trap of looking at technology for technology's sake. Correct, yeah. Um, you probably also know that that little comedy video of that uh, sales guy um, coming to a customer and finishing with uh, that cloud. Yes, wording. I know that. I, I think everybody knows it. I think it's already like seven, eight years old and it's still so relevant because you experience each day that not just us, also our customers are looking at technology for technology's sake and so on. And um, in my opinion, this is step three. Yeah. After or step four, Even, yeah. yeah, because it's always these uh, looking into the medication before you're aware of the disease, and Correct. you really should. I think, and this is 
to to um, like build a circle around our discussion again, the the the, the finish um, that you really should be first aware of your situation, of the relevance of those things before you then go into the solution and um, discuss about that. And you have to be a lot braver because a lot of decisions are not based on facts mm -hmm. and they're not based on numbers. They're just based on, let's say, a gut factor, like yeah. someone said two days ago. It's really a gut factor. You mm -hmm. have to really have the idea, I think this is really relevant yeah. and please let me do this. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's really curious is um, if you think if you look at, uh, at these kind of project ideas with customers they mm -hmm. don't get the go and if you look at the numbers I, I even the amount of money they would need to try it it's really peanuts for many companies but still they always want a business case and then I, I that, that's when where, where actually you you kind of you fix them to the floor mm -hmm. you, you you actually that's when these people think about leaving the company because mm -hmm. that's that's not the place they want to be yeah. if they don't even get small projects actually through the door because mm -hmm. they can't really come with a real number calculated business case it's, yeah. it's a problem yeah absolutely yeah i have to look at the watch i could do this for hours with you um but the good news is that uh, probably i will see you here again Yeah, would be would be cool. Yeah, and um, thank you very much for taking your time, and I'm really looking forward for yeah our the next episodes where you will maybe you or your team will be a part of this, and it has been an exciting um, conversation. One last question: If people are interested, in what you say, where can they follow you? It's kind of easy because I, I am in, in social media. You can find me on LinkedIn, Xing. Mm -hmm. You can find me, of course, on YouTube and on Instagram, of course. And uh, I'm very openly to, to be addressed. Just reach out to me. My email is always present. And then we can have a discussion on that. And I'm really happy to, to join you if you need somebody to, mm -hmm. to actually influence or not influence, actually to wake up. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you need someone to execute, even there, we have quite a lot of uh, possibilities to, to help you go on to your journey. Perfect. Thank you very much, Glenn. Thank you very much have for having day. me. Bye. Bye-bye.